Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 68 of Brody Sports Talk. We have a trifecta of excellent hosts with us today. Uh, of course, there is myself, Caleb Walgren, and I'm joined by the man, the myth, the Mr. Sean Morgan. There's a and myth. some people don't believe he truly exists. Uh, <laughs> And we are also joined by Pistol Pete elusive. himself, Travis Conaway. <laughs> the last couple of weeks, I've been elusive. Yeah, the hidden. He's so you, you haven't been missing. You've just been stealthing, right? Clearly, you're, yeah. I'm lurking. You're hidden. You've been playing. Like I said, you got the new Assassin's Creed, so you've been, you know, you've been hiding, is, waiting to waiting for the right opportunity. Not why I've missed, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, just for anybody who priorities and cares, we we had a COVID exposure um, and a positive test, and then uh, two negative tests, so a false positive test originally. So everybody's healthy in my household. There you go. Um, and the wife is reevaluating who she's going to have in her life. I mean, sometimes <laughs> you, especially especially these days, you gotta you gotta be selective. You've got to be careful. I just want to point out, guys, we are one episode away from nice. One episode away from nice. I'm so excited. I have been waiting for this episode <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> so, so let's go through the rundown. The things we're going to talk about on today's show. Uh, we're going to open up with the catch of the year, the catch heard around the world whatever you want to call it, basically a super epic catch that happened in the desert. Then we're going to go to Sean's segment, his favorite segment, the segment that you all know, love, and appreciate. And that I always introduce as if you've never heard it before. The greatest NFL power rankings of all time, the Brody Sports Talk power rankings. Old claim, very bold. We have never had any greater power rankings on our show than the ones that we have. <laughs> All I'm saying week. is I complained a lot when Sean was given five minutes of a soapbox, and for some reason we decided to give him 15 more. I suppose more, more like 20, but hey, I ask, but here's the thing though, right? I at least ask your guys' input, and I have this questions. This is true. And, <laughs> well, you know, that's because you, you were to ask my input on soccer, I'd be like, duh! Yeah, yeah. I mean... To be fair, when I ask for your input in the NFL, I kind of get the same vibe. <laughs> hey, who wanted, hey I, out of us three, who won in fantasy this week? Uh, I mean, my team is garbage, dude. My, I know, but, my, but, out of, but, but when, out when, of I, when I am sad, hey, listen, to me. When I am, listen, when I am sad because when I am sad because the Jets have a bye week and I have to modify the running backs that I'm starting. That's pretty bad. That's how you know. All I'm saying things are rough. out of the three. I won in fantasy this week, and I played someone else in this call. Absolutely. So yeah, after true. the NFL power rankings, we're going to go to in or out, where we discuss five teams, and Sean and I debate whether they are in or out. Of course, then we have our game of the week, which is going to be an AFC West battle. And then we're going to get to our NFL picks. We were 50% this past week on our picks because we Thanks, guys. improved so desperately. <laughs> so, no, no, no. I need to point out, I need to point out, right, that I gave Travis the two L's. Okay. You did. Caleb, you gave him two wins. All I'm saying is that sounds like hacks. It sounds like you sabotaged right. on purpose. 
Like I, I went through and also, I'm like, okay. Also, <laughs> everybody that listens to this, as as long as is knows my team. How dare you make me choose the one a favorite or a uh, underdog two against my Vikings? Yeah, I was. That was fantastic. That was was fantastic. There's no way I would have picked that, and I would have got another win. Yeah, well, that's unfortunate. You You weren't here, and so I looked at that. I'm like, you know what? What, (laughs) Yes, I would have. I would have picked the Vikings over the Bears. No, I'm saying the other games that we gave you. you Oh well, maybe. I just, I just looked at. I'm like, you know what, Travis? He's probably not feeling super confident in his team right now. They don't have any momentum. Obviously, no big wins, no upper trajectory. Uh, so no he's, momentum. He's thinking, he's thinking. You know what? Here's the a last team. three games here's have a, been our entire here's a, momentum. Here's a team in the Bears who have looked great the last couple of weeks. Looked fantastic. Definitely no struggles on offense. Um, they're firing in all cylinders, right? Uh, and you know, you just decided, hey, no. I'm going to pick them. Nick Foles is going to have a big game. Obviously, you know, their injuries to the offensive line and the, no the lack of any really talented running backs in their system There's... means that they're going to go out, put up a bunch of points. Nicky gave up play calling, uh, you know, two first downs in the second half. I mean, mm, that was just, There's that was just no your dream. way. Absolutely not. Would I have ever won taken a team against my Vikings? I avoid that specifically. Two, I don't take underdogs. You guys know that. And three, so I'm hedging. not putting my hopes in Nick Foles. It was hedging. You were going to be happy with the Vikings getting the win like you are, or you're going to be happy that you got the Bears pick right. So it was a total hedge move and by Sean. It was a 50, it was I'm, not, 50, 50, 50 I'm not an Eagles fan. I don't put all of my marbles into the Nick Foles basket. Let's, let's go ahead and talk about the catch of the year, though. Uh whether you want to call it the catch of the year, I've seen some people refer to it as the Hale Murray. It was like the play of the weekend. Uh, I was watching the game with my kids, and it was a lot of fun because I've gotten some of them to start a Let's Go Buffalo chant occasionally. And my daughter likes the Cardinals because her name's Ruby, and she really likes red, and she likes Cardinal red. And so she's cheering for the Cardinals. We have people cheering for the Bills, Stefan Diggs had just had that big touchdown in the end zone. And then all of a sudden, you see Kyler Murray just kind of scramble erratically to his left, chuck it down the field. You see three Bills in the end zone with great coverage. And Nukes just is like, what's up? I got this. And goes and gets the catch in the biggest game of the week. So many playoff implications impacted by it uh, with that. The Cardinals went up 32 to 30. The Cardinals are now first place in the NFC West, which uh, you you probably didn't expect that unless you listened to Brody Sports Talk. Like, we, we, are, we are huge on the Cardinals here yeah. this season. Tyler Murray is a god sometimes. So, so He's an MVP <laughs> candidate. And, he really is. Uh, just in general, I have to highlight, like I, I'm a Packers fan. I've seen a lot of great Hail Marys. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers over the years but even most of those you kind of could tell what was going to happen by the time you got the the shot of the end zone like Richard Rodgers boxing everyone out and catching a Hail Mary against the Lions with Nuke he had someone in front of him he had someone behind him it didn't seem like there was any way he was going to come down with this thing that's because he can fly he was impressive uh Travis what were your thoughts about this 
epic catch that happened in Arizona? Um, I made a lot of references, or I heard a lot of references, and and made one myself to the the whole Minneapolis miracle um, with Stefan Diggs. You know, he Stefan Diggs is kind of used to that. Of you know, I'm gonna be the guy that puts us on top and win. And as a Vikings fan who's a little salty about how Stefan Diggs left, um, it felt kind of good to watch somebody else do it back to them. Um, plus, as as we mentioned, all of us have been huge on the Cardinals, and I'm a huge D-Hop fan, and I'm a huge Kyler Murray fan, even though he played for my rival school. I think the dude's got amazing talent. Um, it was it was very, very fun to watch. Um, I would call it the catch of the year at this current point. I haven't seen one any better. Sean, what are your takes on uh, DeAndre Hopkins' awesomeness out there? So- so, and I mentioned this to you before we started recording. Um, there's a, there's like a screen still of him reaching up to catch it with surrounded by, <clears throat> excuse me, surrounded by all of the Bill's hands. And it looks like the cover of Pearl Jam's 10 album, uh, where all the hands are, are like reaching up. Uh, that was the first thing that I thought of when I saw that. Uh, but something I saw today. Easy there, you're showing your age. I know, right? Uh, something I saw today was what Kyler Murray did after he threw it, right? So keep in mind, he was scrambling and breaking to his left, threw the ball, ended up going you know, out of bounds onto the Cardinals' sideline. And because he's so short, he couldn't see downfield as to what was happening. Right? He had no idea you know, the positioning that, you know, Hopkins was going to be in, what was going to happen. He turned and he looked at the Jumbotron to watch the catch happen. And so while he was cheering, while he was cheering and getting excited, he was facing the opposite direction of everybody else. Uh, I just, I just thought that was, I thought that was great. Uh, Also, I don't know how many of you listen to radio calls. If you check out the Arizona Cardinals on Twitter, they've had, that radio call up and the when the announcer is like did he catch it did he catch it oh my gosh he caught it like it's just a a great moment because you could tell that there was a whole lot of uncertainty as Hopkins went up got it and went to the ground with the ball you couldn't really know for sure until he like started getting up with it as as about casually as you ever see a receiver move anything Hopkins is just very cool and collected down there dude knows he's good right I mean it's one of those things where it it always seems like it doesn't matter what era you're looking at if you want to go back to the 70s all the way up to now there's always at least one receiver in the NFL that has I'm gonna say swagger it just has this inherent knowledge that they are simply better than anybody else that they can match up with them in the secondary of the opposing team and they don't you know, brag, they don't, you know, go through and just like, like trash talk. It's just, I'm simply going to beat you and you're going to watch it happen and you're not going to be able to do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, thank you, uh, you know, Bill O'Brien for giving us this opportunity and making this a possibility of making this happen. Yeah. Uh, fantastic, fantastic work. Uh, always, always good. Yeah, I had respect to Bill O'Brien for giving us I, this opportunity. I have a very draft pick. Um, my my sister's significant other. He's a diehard Texans fan, and so it, it almost pains him when these kind of things happen because it it's one of those you know 
what could have been situation. If the right now. Texans might have four wins if they had DeAndre Hopkins right now. So uh, and Valid. not just wins over the Jaguars, which is what they currently have. So, <laughs> well, let's go ahead and move over. Sean, take it away yes, for the NFL yes, power yes, rankings, yes, my man. Yes. All right, boys and girls, as always, it's time for the Brody Sports Talk NFL power rankings. If you are new to this whole thing, uh, power rankings, what we do is we take all 32 NFL teams, rank them one through 32 based on their relative strengths to one another across divisions, conferences, et cetera, et cetera. We consolidate all of it. So myself, Caleb, Travis, we all submit our individual rankings. In addition, we partner with Clutch Crew Sports. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at Clutch Crew Sport. Uh, they give us their collective power rankings as well. Throw them all together, and we end up with what we call the ultimate definitive NFL power rankings that you can take to the bank. Uh, we do something a little bit different. Uh, we do split all of the teams into four tiers, uh, four groups of eight uh, that we call the playoff tier, aspiring tier, wavering tier, and basement tier. Uh, obviously, playoffs for if we think they're going to make the playoffs, aspiring is they are trying to, but for one reason or another, haven't quite made, the, made it there. Uh, wavering, you know, for more than one reason, they're not in the playoff hunt. And the basement tier is for teams that, as it stands now, probably not going to make the playoffs unless you happen to play in the NFC East. Uh, let's go ahead and let's start with our playoff tier. <clears throat> Uh, sitting at number one, the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Number two, Kansas City Chiefs. I do want to say uh, that when we combine our rankings, interestingly enough, the Steelers and Chiefs are tied. Um, and they just we have an internal tiebreaker that breaks the two. Uh, but the Steelers and Chiefs right up there neck and neck. Uh, number three, New Orleans Saints. Four, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Five, Green Bay Packers. Six, Baltimore Ravens. Seven, Miami Dolphins. And number eight, Buffalo Bills. Now I want to talk to you guys about the Packers. And uh, we'll go ahead and start with Caleb on this one. Uh, so on Sunday, the Packers had to come from behind to beat the one-win Jaguars in the fourth quarter. This is the second home game in three weeks where the Packers came out very flat and just simply looked deflated most of the game. Um, one of the biggest issues that we've seen uh, in recent weeks, and I think one we've talked about before, um, is that the Packers' offense seems to struggle to deal when, with opposing defenses who stack the box um, and essentially neutralize the run. The offense becomes very imbalanced, one-dimensional, and you see that Rodgers to Adams connection is almost a, a bailout. Uh, now, the schedule is relatively easy for the Packers on paper, um, but you know, struggling at home to the Jaguars, that means that you can throw that paper out because uh, you don't really know what to expect. As of right now, they're technically the number one seed in the NFC. Um, do you think that the Packers finish as the number one seed or do you see one of the other seven and two, six and three teams swinging in and snagging it on the back of some Packers L's to close out the season? Caleb. I think that the Packers are actually going to end up taking the number one seed. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the team that I would say has been the best in the NFC lost their quarterback this week. Uh, with all apologies to, you know, Publix, yeah, Publix. I, I just don't trust Jameis Winston the same. I do think the Packers have the easiest schedule. They've already played the toughest team in the division twice. Uh, we've got two games against the Bears. 
we've got a lot. So you haven't played the toughest division in in the uh, toughest team in the division yet. I'm gonna go ahead and just say the Vikings (laughs) are the toughest team in the division. And big big news came out today uh, as we were recording this on Tuesday. Alan Lazard is back, so that's a huge target for Aaron Rodgers. Him and Lazard have been playing great together early in the year before he went down with that core muscle injury. I think that that makes a huge difference when you have someone that Rodgers trusts and has more talent on the outside. It's not just Adams. I mean, let's face it, Adams is going to get his. But being able to say, oh, Lazard, and Valdez Gantling has shown up several times over the last few weeks as well. If they have the three of them, I think that it's going to just be tough to load the box against us. That's fair. What do you think, Travis? Well, I don't think they're going to win the division because I refuse to allow it. Um, no, um, the Packers, they, I'd have to agree with Caleb. They, they've played what I believe to be their toughest matchup division wise um, already. And it didn't bode well for my team. Um, however, I think they're going to still be able to hold on. Um, you know, we're going to have some resurgence in certain areas, I believe, but I, I just don't see anybody surpassing them for that number one seed at this current time. So, I mean, Caleb, you kind of hit um, on one of the points. I mean, the, the Saints obviously are going to be without Breeze, and then, you know, the Bucks have had a bit of a, uh, bit of a, of a downturn. I mean, they, they did perform well uh, this past weekend, but they've had a bit of a, you know, a bit of a dip, uh, to say the least. I mean, they did, uh, they did smack you in the face uh, quite a bit. Uh, my, my fear, right, is if you look at how you guys had to essentially come from behind to beat the Jags at home. So if you look at – I mean, this is a, with a, um, a quarterback who uh, – I don't need to take in, like, no NFL snaps before this season. Uh, is he a rookie or is he, like uh, – like, I think he's a rookie. Yeah. So – you know, rookie quarterback, even worse, um, and a, a team that has like a like no offensive talent to to speak of. That doesn't really bode well. I, I get that your guys' matchups aren't really that rough. You do have both games against the Bears, um, and then you do like what? Like your your toughest matchup is hosting the Titans, who have looked terrible. Mm-hmm. Or this week, going I mean the Colts. To, yeah, actually, Apple, I just yeah. now looking that inside. You guys have to play the Colts. It's not, that that's I on a pencil that is an L for you guys. Um, but I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, what win threshold takes the number one seed, right? We have to kind of look at that is, is, is a, is a three loss team going to take it? Well, probably, yeah, uh, because at this look, point, if you look at, if you look at the rest of the NFC, you can't, you know, say, okay, well, all of these teams, they don't look like they're going to lose again for the rest of the season. Cause that's simply not the case. Everybody looks beatable. So, yeah. you know, if you say, does a, does a four-win team, or sorry, four-win, does a four-loss team take it? Well, that's going to depend on tiebreakers. And if you're looking at, you know, a, a box team, like, what, uh, you know, you're, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Um, right. I, I don't, I, I don't want to say that you guys are going to lock in the number one seed, but I'm not super confident. My, th- my thing is, is with, with the, you know, you brought up the tiebreakers thing. At this current time, the Green Bay Packers already hold the tiebreaker for the division. So if, if the season were to end right now, they already hold the number one seed because they have the tiebreaker over the Saints. 
Yeah, but I'm talking about the Bucks. The Saints, I'm not right. right the Saints, I think, are going to dip off a bit. I um, I do too, but I also don't see. I I feel like the 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 harder of the two schedules goes to the Bucks. Oh, by far. Yeah, um, and I, I think and, and I think what we also thought earlier is the NFC West teams were going to start to cannibalize each other. Oh yeah, um, that's and why you can't we, take the Cardinals for sure because yeah. The like Cardinals, Seahawks, and Rams are all tied. Yeah. Right. So, all right, and, well, I ho- and I and I I want it to be known. I kind of hope that the Packers win at least two more games and they win our division because that's fine because that puts us above the Bears <laughs> and that gives us a playoff spot at least one. Maybe we'll see. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the aspiring tier. Again, these are teams that are hoping to make the playoffs. Some of them already you know, w- would be in, uh, but otherwise they're, they're not looking like favorites. Uh, so coming in at number nine, we have the Arizona Cardinals, number 10, Las Vegas Raiders, 11, Los Angeles Rams, 12, Indianapolis Colts, 13 and falling, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, 14, Cleveland Browns, 15, Tennessee Titans, and making their first appearance in the aspiring tier in a very, very long time, the Minnesota Vikings. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Now, actually, the team I want to talk to you guys about is the Rams. I think we've talked about them a couple of times on this segment, but they're always an interesting story. Six and three, undefeated at home. They've allowed an NFC low 168 points, and the Ravens are the only other team they have allowed fewer. And I think it's just like 163 or 165. Um, that points allowed is 41 points better than the next closest team, which, interestingly enough, is the Bears. Um, all six of the Rams wins have been in conference. Their only loss was that was on the road to the 49ers, which was kind of one of those weird and explicable games that you you look back on, like, I don't even see how everything led up to that. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's three road losses to, um, you know, the, or sorry, the, you know, they're sitting on, uh, Bucks, Cardinals and Seahawks are all awake games for them still on the schedule. And so all of their losses so far have essentially been on the road. Those are tough, right? The, the Rams have, you know, the best defense in the NFL and they have a fantastic, you know, offensive minded coach, but that seems a little, a little foreboding for them. Of those three games, Bucks, Cardinals, Seahawks, away, how many do you think the Rams take? Travis, start with you. Okay, remind me of their games again. Bucks, Cardinals, Seahawks, all away. How many of those do the Rams win? Ugh, I I could see none. I can see zero. All the th- the th- you know those three teams have proven that they can beat quality teams um and i maybe i just haven't watched enough of the rams but i just i don't feel super confident in them and so i i don't like their chances in any of them um if i if i had to pick one i i mean yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't pick them to win any of those in our picks so we have we have zero we haven't taken zero out of three caleb do you have them getting at least one w during this stretch uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and take the opposite side of this. I'm going to say that the Rams take two. And while that may be a little bit bold, when we've looked at the Buccaneers, when they've had issues, it's been their offensive line. If you can get Aaron Donald to get through the guards that the Bucks have, because I know they've had some injuries there, 
Tom Brady's not going to be able to escape the pocket and move like some of the other quarterbacks can. It's going to be huge for Donald to be able to come in. And, I mean, there's a reason why he's always a defensive player of the year front runner. He's one of the best people in football. So I think that you give the Rams that. Uh, you got Jalen Ramsey probably taking on Mike Evans. It's going to be tough. The Bucks' offense is not built on the ground game. They're built off of being able to spread and then, you know, occasionally running, which Ronald Jones did this past week. But I think that the Rams will take the Bucks. The other one that I'm going to say they're going to take is against the team that makes every offense look good, the Seahawks. Uh, they, they beat them by double digits at home. Uh, and they picked off Russell Wilson, I believe, four times uh, this past week, and most of those weren't Ramsey. It was the other corners. So uh, Ramsey was on Metcalf. I believe they said Metcalf had two catches for the whole game. You know, it's a nice option when you can say, hey, you're a big corner. Why don't we have you shadow this gigantic fast guy? And I'm I'm sorry. I think you take that out of the Seahawks offense to be able to just throw it over everyone. They, they just don't look the same. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take the, the middle ground here and I'm going to say that they take at least one of them. Uh, and I think that they do end up uh, ended up, or they do end up getting the, uh, getting the double here and showing the, uh, showing the Seahawks what's up. Um, I think they get the double over the Seahawks. The Bucks game is kind of weird, right? Um, I every once in a while, when I say every once in a while, pretty regularly, the Rams don't really come out with a lot of offensive firepower. Their defense does keep them in games. Uh, they, I think, they've only scored like thirty plus. Oh, they, they, the last time they scored thirty plus was against Washington back in like over a month ago. Um, I didn't realize that they've done they've done just enough. To win games, which you know sometimes that's all you need to do, right? That's what the Browns have been hoping for, for and what they'll be hoping for for the rest of the season is, you know, maybe they, if they can win every game, ten to three, let's do this. Fingers uh, crossed. Yeah. So I think they take at least one of them, and I do think it's against the Seahawks. Um, but Why do you think the Seahawks just because they're on a downhill slide? Uh, yeah, I mean, defensively they've been incredibly dire, and Russell Wilson has. Uh, started to look human like he didn't he, he's it seems like every year he has those otherworldly starts and then he starts to come back to earth sometimes it's you know over the course of a couple of weeks sometimes it's just one week where he just falls completely face flat um, this has been one of those seasons where the downturn happened rather rapidly and I think it's less on him and more on the fact that you know the the team itself just is is struggling immensely uh in a lot of different areas and you know they're in a they're in a tough division where that's that's going to lose your chance of getting the playoffs potentially um unlike you know the nfc east where you can just lose and i mean you never really know hey let's you can just keep losing yeah um so i i think they take at least one of them i wouldn't be surprised um if they do end up taking two uh I, I just think they're, they're a talented team that belongs in the playoffs uh, come postseason. Let's go and talk about the wavering tier, guys. So let's talk about the teams 17 through 24. Uh, coming in at number 17, the can't really decide who they are, New England Patriots. 
18 Atlanta Falcons, 19 Detroit Lions, 20 Chicago Bears, 21 San Francisco 49ers, 22 Carolina Panthers, 23 finally escaping the basement tier, the New York Giants, and at number 24, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I actually want to talk to you guys about the Lions. Just kidding. It's the Falcons. Um, I was waiting for well, I mean, we can at, We can talk about I was like, wait, them. what? <laughs> I was waiting, we, we agree on these teams to, to begin with. Um, I was just waiting to look at Caleb's face whenever I told him. Talk about the Lions. You're like, what? All right, Falcons. This is this is a bit more than the interim coach bounce. I mean, this is the team that we, or at least I know I did. This is a team that a lot of people thought was going to be a contender uh, heading into this season um, before they decided to choke away any you know leads they had in the waning minutes of the fourth quarter. Uh, three and one in their last four. Um, I mean, they they beat a Vikings team that technically hadn't really found their footing yet, um, and the rest of them were kind of middling. But still, three and one is three and one. Raheem Morris's tenure in Tampa Bay, not the greatest. He had that 10-6 season, uh, didn't make the playoffs, but, you know, 10-6 is still 10-6, but it was sandwiched between a three and a four win season before he was unceremoniously given the boot. He did have a lot working against him there, um, but, you know, ultimately it was a failed head coaching tenure. Do you think if the Falcons continue to perform at the level that they currently are, that Raheem keeps the gig heading into next season. Uh, Caleb, you know, we'll start with you on this one. So while I do think Raheem is doing a good job, I know that in general, this was not just the firing of Dan Quinn. It was the firing of Quinn and Dimitrioff. So you need a GM and a coach. And because of that, I think that Raheem is going to not be able to keep his, keep this job period. Uh, I was looking to see who potentially would you be able to bring in as potentially like a GM slash head coach type deal, because you always know GMs want to be able to work with a coach they're familiar with. And so that's, that's the rub. And the Falcons are probably not likely to promote from within. They're going to go get a GM and get a head coach to go with that. With that being said, one of the guys that's an up-and-comer in the GM circles is the name Mike Borgonzi. I'm going to probably butcher that. Sorry. Sorry, Mike. And I'm sure he's listening. He is the director of football operations for the Kansas City Chiefs. He has worked his way up through the organization. And last time when the Falcons hired someone, Dimitrov, back in 08, they went to the Patriots and said, hey, who's working with one of the best organizations in football right now? And they took one of those guys. If you're looking around football today, you're going to look at the Chiefs and say, hey, their staffing is one of the best operations in football. I think that they're going to bring in Berganzi and Eric Bieniemy, and that is going to be their GM head coach combo. Both of them are going to get probably like five or six year deals. And it's not like Arthur Blank moves quickly. I think no, he's, a very, position he's very for methodical them to have. and deliberate. Yeah, I feel like this is a good stable position for these guys to go to. And because if you're someone like the enemy, you don't want to go to the headaches the that are the Texans or in the jets because the Texans don't have a first round pick. <laughs> the yeah. jets just don't have any wins. They're the jets. They're inept. Uh, so suck, suck, suck. Like the Falcons have a quarterback that you can trust and has had an MVP. I think that 
but unfortunately for this, it's not really about Raheem. It's about the fact that the GM is out and the current GM just can't say, hey, you know what? I've been working with him a little bit this year. We'll go ahead and keep him on. That's fair. Uh, that's a very, very tough answer to follow up. Travis, what do you think? What are your, what are your thoughts I, on that? Clearly, clearly Caleb came I was very, like, very prepared. <laughs> I, I've got nothing to add to that. Because, I mean, he hit I, – I, I know, you know, people can't hear my head nod, but I was nodding my head the entire time because I knew everything he said was true. I have a little trouble seeing them grabbing both of those guys um, solely for the fact that you typically don't see that. Um, but that's really the only thing I've got against it is I don't see them grabbing both. I think they grab one person um, and make the mistake – multiple teams have and having both a head coach and a GM. Um, but other than that, Caleb, uh, you came significantly more research than I did. So, so my thoughts on this, right. It, and you kind of touched on a few things, Caleb, um, you know, with the lack of, of GM, your it doesn't matter how well Morris does, the odds are stacked against him. And when, even if you, he comes out and, manages to like snag a wild card berth which honestly in that division um is going to be pretty tough and will require i think a lot of uh, a lot of surprises a lot of upsets and i mean this is a team that on paper is incredibly talented they just haven't been able to execute late yeah and you know if we go back and we pencil some w's in where they had the late lead instead of l's you know, this is this is a team that should be sitting right where you know the the Bucks are and the Saints are, but you know they're not. No matter, they, they're else. Dan Quinn's gone. Uh, I don't think Morris can even if he makes the playoffs. Right? I think that he still gets an interview. I think one hundred percent he's going to get an interview, and I think a lot of it's going to depend on um, if their new GM wants a. Uh, wants to completely overhaul the roster or if they're looking at this core and saying, you know what, we can build from this very short term and we can see a lot of success short term. You look at the other teams in the division, they have their own, even though they're performing well, they still have their own struggles and they have aging, aging old guy quarterbacks that are about to go. So this is a prime opportunity for them to potentially step in and snag a division title within a very short window if Morris gets success out of this, out of these guys and they want to play for him, that is huge. That is absolutely huge. If they are believing in this guy and want to see them, see him as head coach next year. So if the Falcons end up snagging a wild card berth and maybe even taking a wild card game, don't be surprised if Morris is a favorite for the head coach spot next season. I mean, but that that goes for anybody in this situation. Well, if you have someone step in and then all of a sudden have success, they're obviously going to be the number one pick. Not always. I mean, it, again, you, you you do see a lot of, you know, like, like Caleb said, GMs who are like, you know what, I, I know the guy that I want. I know the guy that I, I think is going to be the best coach in the best situation. And you don't want to work with people that you may not have, you know, worked with before. And you want that, that comfortability. That. You want that, um, you want to have a good segue. Um, and people that you know have either carried you or you've carried them um, or you've carried each other, you know, kind of walking hand in hand. Uh, you want that because if you don't have 
any sense of uh, stability in what you're doing and how you're doing it, especially coming in and switching to, especially if they get a, a, somebody who hasn't met a GM before um, or hasn't necessarily worked extensive amount in that fashion and personnel, then you know, you're, you're going to want at least somebody you know is going to be reliable. Anyway, let's talk about uh, teams that aren't reliable. Let's go ahead and close this segment <laughs> off with the basement tier. These are the teams that uh, suck and have no hopes of making the playoffs again unless you are in the NFC East. Uh, coming in at number 25, the Los Angeles Chargers, which, by the way, Travis, you always rank very high. I, I, don't, I still don't understand that. 26 Cincinnati I, Bengals. 27. I'm not sure why either. Yeah. Yeah, and we need to we need to work on that. Uh, twenty seven Denver Broncos, twenty eight Houston Texans, twenty nine unfortunately moved up a little bit. Dallas Cowboys, thirty Washington Football Team, thirty one Jacksonville Jaguars, and rounding out the bottom as has been pretty much the entire season, the New York Jets. So I keep mentioning the NFC East because they're about, trash. Let's talk about them, right? Um, what a what a wonderful division. Uh, Eagles have the narrowest of leads over the Giants. Thank you, Ty. Um, shout, Yay, out to, shout out to Donald winners. McNabb, who probably doesn't even understand why the Eagles are winning the uh, division right now. Uh, now, meanwhile, you know, the Giants obviously just uh, beat the Eagles pretty handily. Um, sitting on three wins, right? Uh, Washington, Dallas, only a game back from that. Giants have that two-game winning streak. Whew. That's big big yeah i know the feeling uh, washington the heroic return of alex smith dallas is gonna have andy dalton back and you know i mean at least they have uh, some answer at quarterback now uh people keep talking about this division one i know well people keep talking about this division for all the wrong reasons um the teams have been woeful on both sides of the ball and really haven't performed admirably against anybody other than other nfc east teams so I know the, the talk is, well, who ends up winning this trash heap? You know what? I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about who ends up losing the hardest in this garbage pile. What team ends up finishing at the very bottom? Because you know, it's a, it's, right now it's a very competitive division. It is technically speaking, statistically, the most competitive division right now in the NFL. Not in a so, good sense. Yeah. So who ends up finishing at the very, very bottom? Travis. We'll start with you. Man, I would have to look at like honestly, like I think that tie comes into play. So I'm, I'm kind of almost checking the Philadelphia Eagles out um, of of losing it. I don't particularly like the Cowboys' schedule, but I I don't know their schedules for each team. Um, but I just I have I've you know commonly said. The two teams that I've been disappointed in is the Washington football team um, as well as the um, the Giants. With Giants, they have stepped up the last couple weeks, and I can't really rag on somebody that hard for winning two games in a row because um, my team did too. And, man, this why do you have to make it the hard question? It's easy no, to I mean, the I'm winner. I'm sorry. Let me – no, I. We can hand I, it I, off to Caleb. Caleb, no, he, he wrote gonna, his his dissertation on what's going to happen with the Falcons. So, I mean, I'm yeah, sure that he has. I, honestly, just based on just pure bad luck, I I hate to say it, I but I think the Dallas Cowboys 
are going to be the one that lose this division solely for the fact that we don't know how Andy Dalton's going to come back. We don't know if he's going to stay, you know, healthy. Um, and if they have to rely on somebody that is now a meme, um, I don't know if that's going to work out for him. So I'm actually going to pick the Dallas Cowboys and make 90% of Oklahoma angry. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. Okay, I figured you were. I am going to say that it is the football team. The reason is they have less NFC East games left than the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Touche. <laughs> uh, so realistically, whoever loses a Thanksgiving game is at the bottom of the division for the foreseeable future. But if you look at some of the other games Washington has, they get to travel to Pittsburgh. Ouch. <laughs> travel and play against Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, maybe they'll have some offense talent back at that point. Uh, they play Seattle. I know Seattle makes every offense look good, but it's going to take a lot to make that football team offense look good. Uh and that Washington ends up closing with Philly, and I think Philly's going to have more to play for at that point. And usually if you put Philly in a do-or-die situation, they tend to show up. I mean, that's what they do the, like the last five minutes of every game. So. I guess that's fair. Uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's been the that's been I feel the like that's we... when Carson Wentz's alarm clock is set for is, oh, there's five minutes left in the game? I'm going to try to do something. Yeah. <laughs> so... No, that's Nick With Foles, and he's no longer on that. to Ron Rivera, I, I think the, the football team is, is finishing out the division in the cellar. Part of me wants them to win a couple of more games for him. So this is it's kind of a weird situation, right? Because if you look at the schedules, you see that there are a lot of tough matchups for a lot of these teams. Arguably, the Cowboys have the easiest remaining schedule. Um but none of them are enviable at all. Uh, you know, everybody still, I think, has the Bengals left. And you never know which Bengals team is going to show up right now. Um, the Seahawks it. are fading. You know, they looked a lot harder earlier in the season. But now, you know, there's a potential there. Uh, I know a couple of the teams end up playing the Cardinals, which I think is definitely not a team you want to play right now. Um I mean, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, right? And you're gonna you're gonna laugh. Um, I I actually think that uh, the well, I, I, so technically the Eagles can't finish at the bottom of the division unless they fall hard because of that tie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the Eagles end up getting the playoff berth here. Uh, I actually think that we're going to see the Giants end up getting it, which is very very strange for me to say. Um, I do think the Cowboys end up finishing the worst in the division. They can't stop anybody, right? I mean, not having Dalton is, um, you know, what was tough the past, you know, like what? Whether he's out for technically two weeks, one of them was a bye week. Um, But, you know, their offense really wasn't the problem. The problem is that they have, you know, paper mache for every single section of their defense. And that hasn't changed, I, I don't see too many games on their schedule where I'm like, you know what? I'm confident that's a W. I'm confident that's a W. Uh, maybe against Washington, right? But I, I think Washington actually ends up surprising people winning that game. It's a beautiful story. Alex Smith getting a W on Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm really excited for it. And I think that kind of kicks off a, 
a rather rough, uh, rough go um, for the rest of the season where I don't see a game that I think I, you know what, they're going to, they're going to take that. Um, I think the, the, um, like division overall is going to be decided by less than two games from top to bottom. Oh, 100%. Me. Uh, I, so I don't think the Cowboys are going to go winless, but I think that they're going to, uh, they're going to be the bottom. So that is our one through 32 power rankings. If you agree with it, great. Uh, we do too. That's why we did it. <laughs> uh, if you disagree, then Caleb can handle that on Twitter. Uh, he's more than happy to go through and field any of your anger, uh, frustration, or how dare you rate such and such team at such and such spot. Um, I'm a little bit salty that the cards did not make the playoff tier, um, but we can thank Travis for that. You're once welcome. I, yeah, once I put um, Travis's stuff in, I, that's when they got bumped down. I will throw it out there. Uh, Caleb's favorite thing to do on Twitter is to argue how bad the 49ers really are. Oh, yeah. God, they're so bad. They're, he's, they, they're trash. Absolute trash. I don't even know why they're in the league anymore. Um, if, no you, if you're a fan of them, I'm sorry. Like, no hope. Simple. No hope. I just, just want to point out that Travis was the one that said that. <laughs> Travis. Caleb, Caleb uh, before we started recording, Caleb was like, you know, we should delete the 49ers. Yeah, like, I mean, just, why not? Disband them as an organization. I, I did I was not like, say I such know. things. I don't know I mean, if that's really, really... It's a tad aggressive, but I mean... Like history and... Uh, yeah, he's like, history. You know what? Delete them. Delete history. Them. I do want to say, if the Giants win the division, can we get a rematch of that Monday night game where the Giants almost beat the Bucks as the wild card game, and have like Tom Brady have to face the Giants in the Meadowlands to be like his <laughs> NFC playoff opener? Like, there's so much about that game and that then, I, and, like and love. Like- all of a sudden, you see coming out of the stands, running down, Eli Manning grabbing a jersey, throwing it on. <laughs> like, let's do this. Let's go. Finally. <laughs> that would be so epic. Oh, man. Uh, he well, retired solely ahead. for that purpose. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and we will be right back with our in or out. Welcome back to Brody Sports Talk, and we're going to jump right into our next NFL segment. This is our playoff-based segment called in or out. We take a look at five teams that may be in, may be out currently today, and try to get our crystal balls out and tell the future as far as if they will be in the playoffs or be out of the playoffs. Travis, go ahead and take it away with the first team. What, what are All we right. Out? So. <laughs> wow. Okay. So. We're trying to be fortune tellers. I've, I've got. I've got five teams that I, I want you guys to debate on who you guys believe uh, if they're going to be in or out of the playoffs. Um, I'm going to start off. I think I'm going to start off with, let me do my math here. Cause I kind of want to time certain things out. I want to go with the Seahawks and I am going to give that to Sean. Sean, I'm going to let you begin and tell me what you believe. And Caleb, you can argue that he's wrong. Uh, Seahawks are not going to make the playoffs. Um, I know I was really high on them earlier in the year, and I thought Russell Wilson was playing at MVP level, and they were doing everything right. Uh, you can argue at this point that they're doing everything wrong. Uh, Russell Wilson has been making some uncharacteristic mistakes. That defense looks atrocious, and they have a very, very rough schedule. And they play in a stacked division where I think both the Cardinals and Rams have been playing better, and they've been playing better at the right times. 
Uh, this is going to be a very, very tight divisional and wild card race. And I think in the end, the Seahawks are going to be left on the outside looking in against both of those teams getting playoff berths ahead of them. That's it. This is where you're wrong, Sean. The Seahawks are totally going to be in the playoffs. They did expand this year, so we do get seven teams. And I will say that the Cardinals and Rams still make the playoffs and do the Seahawks. There's one important thing that is on their schedule. They get to play three NFC East teams and the Jets. That gets them to 10 wins. They also get the 49ers at the end of the year. We don't know what the 49ers look like. Go ahead and pencil that down for a win. 11 and 5. Seahawks are going to make the playoffs. Let Russ cook. It's going to be beautiful to see what Chris Carson does with that offense in the playoffs because we all know that that guy went to Oklahoma State and he is the best. That is okay. <laughs> that is unfair. Hey, it's that not your unfair. fault. You did. You could have taken the other way around, man. That's on you. That is, that's bad. That's bad. That is that is bias right there. That's bad game. All right. So based on that, you know, I, I didn't go over the the rankings. Um, they're currently seventh in the NFC. They're six and three. Um, I like, and this is not because of the bias, but I no, like this one hundred percent because I I'm already penciling this in as an L. I because... have a reason why. I have a reason why. My reason why um, is because of what I alluded to earlier. I'm not super confident in the Rams. I'm not. Um, and, and when you look at the schedule, when you play three NFC East teams, plain and simple, th- that's pretty easy to chalk up to a win. Sorry to be that guy, but th- those teams aren't good. And in my opinion, don't you should have to have a minimum win record in order to even make the playoffs. Uh, so I, I have uh, made my decision, and I am going to side with Caleb, and I am taking the Seahawks to make it the the seahawks who are one and three in their last four that's fine that's cool hey you're 30 your your time's up you, you, Move you on. could have said that yeah you didn't put that in there i don't get to take it into a play all right and so our next one they are a six and three team again they are currently sixth in the afc it is tua tungai vailoa's miami dolphins caleb what happens who's going in who's going out I have been bold about the Dolphins. I think even in the preseason, I said that they were definitely having a chance at a wild card berth. Tua time has looked great. They're 3-0 and with him as a starter, and they're playing well in all phases of the game. It is not just a Tua thing. It is a team thing. They crushed the Rams, beat the Cardinals in Arizona, which the Bills couldn't do, and then they took it to the Chargers. I think that not only do they make the playoffs the bill the dolphins are going to win the division they're going to end up being able to get past the bills by beating them at ralph wilson in the last game of the season the only game that i go mm, i'm thinking the dolphins are going to lose that is when they host the chiefs other than that i feel very confident that they could go 12 and 4 All right. So I don't think the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. And I think a lot of it's going to rest on the fact that I am more confident in the other teams that are currently six and three than I am them. Uh, The Raiders have looked amazing in recent weeks. Uh, I think they're actually going to do the double over the Chiefs. And I do think the Dolphins end up losing uh, to the Chiefs when it comes time. Uh, I mean, the the W's you can pencil in Broncos, Jets, Uh, you know, the Bengals have looked 
surprising in different areas. Um, but the Patriots are showing a resurgence. I think they lose to, the, to them. I think they lose to the Chiefs. I think they lose to the Raiders. I think they lose to the Bills. Uh, and then if you look at the other teams that are currently 6-3, and three, you've got the Ravens, who have had some inconsistencies but are still one of the best teams late in the year. And you have the Colts and Titans who are fighting neck and neck right now, also at 6-3. and three. So I think if we look at the Raiders, the Ravens, and either the Browns or the Titans, um, or Colts to that extent, they all, to me, look like they are better positioned to get a playoff berth. I'm not sold on a rookie quarterback winning the division and making the playoffs. It just doesn't feel like it's going to happen. Okay, so that that's actually kind of makes it tough for me. Uh, both made compelling arguments. Um, but I, I already kind of had an idea of who I wanted and who I was – or which side I was taking in this situation. Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and side with Sean. Um, I just think the schedules don't align the best. I'll take it. Yeah. I, I don't really have a whole lot to add to it, but you know, you, what you alluded to kind of cemented what I, what I was saying. Um, all right. So next up, um, I'm going to switch it up. Ah, no, okay. I'll just keep, I'll just keep going down the list. Okay. So you guys are prepped. Uh, Sean, what are you thinking about the six and three Tennessee Titans who are currently sitting eighth in the AFC? All right. I totally lied to you about the Dolphins. I don't think the Titans have any chance of making the playoffs here. Um, they have looked absolutely dire in recent weeks. Even the win against the Bears didn't inspire any sort of confidence at all. This is an offense that is overly reliant on the running game. And Ryan Tannehill looks more like the quarterback that got chased out of Miami than the quarterback that had that surprising level of success last year. Um, he's not making the throws that he needs to make. And the Titans have just come out and they've looked incredibly flat. I don't know if all this COVID nonsense that's happened with them this season has created a lot of internal instability, but they do not look nearly the team that they did before. Um, tough games remaining against the Colts, Ravens, Browns, Packers. Um, I think the Texans end up beating them to close out the year. The Colts are a much better team. They're going to make the playoffs, win the division over them. The Titans are going to fall flat in the end. Give me the Titans. You're going to remember them at the end of this year. The Titans are going to go on a big run. They've got Tannathrill doing his <laughs> awesomeness at the quarterback position. They've got King Henry running it on the ground. And let's not underestimate what they have in the passing game. A.J. Brown has been amazing this year, consistent when he's been on the field. Jonu Smith, one of the best tight ends in the game. I think that the Titans definitely have a chance. They are going to make the playoffs. And they, the main reason they lost to the Colts is because they had no punter this past week. They had a blocked punt and a shanked punt that gave the Colts super short fields. The Titans are going to get a punter that actually is worth his weight in something and be able to stomp on some teams as they go down the field. Well, that one was an easy one because I don't even think Caleb could convince himself that he, that he was really telling the truth. I don't feel like he I, – I feel like just who Caleb is, he's not somebody that can really – put off a front 
Um, and if y'all could see his face, he was laughing 90% yeah. of the time he was talking. I'm going to go ahead Caleb, and on. Caleb, A.J. Brown, incredibly consistent when he's <laughs> on the field. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go with Sean on that one. And I'm going to say, sorry, Titans. The King Henry train uh, well, has to come to an end. I'm about to have to defend the next team making the playoffs, so it's fine. It's only fair. Maybe. You don't know who I'm going to ask. And you don't know. You don't know. We're waiting. I'm trying to figure out how I want to phrase it, but because I hate this team with every burning passion. It's the only team that the Minnesota Vikings and the Packers agree on. Caleb, are the Bears making it in at 5-5? Five and five? They're currently 8th in the NFC. They are 8th in the NFC, and they are not making the playoffs. It's very simple. Packers are going to win the division because they are elite. Then we have the Bucks, Rams, and Seahawks currently as the wild card teams. We, I already said three NFC West teams are making it with the Cardinals. There's just no room for the Bears, and the Bears are going the wrong way. If there's anyone that's out of the playoffs that's going to make it, it's going to be the Vikings. So the Bears definitely don't have a chance. They're just going to completely fall off. Bias card. And I mean, they, they're, I mean, when you're playing Cordero Patterson at running back, you're not really doing anything good. And their weird. offensive line may be the worst offensive line or just be the worst position group of any team in the NFL this year. Convince me, Sean. All right. So I think they actually do end up making the playoffs. And so one of the things that you have to look at with the NFC West that we talked about before is they're going to cannibalize themselves. And I think that the teams are very evenly matched. We're actually going to see them probably trade L's to close out the season, which is going to allow the Bears to potentially sneak in with a, with a seventh, or a, a seventh uh, spot. You look at their remaining schedule, right? They still play the Lions. They still play the Jaguars. They still play the Texans. All they really need to do is show up at least once against the Packers. And you know what? The Packers have looked very, very beatable in recent weeks. Very, very beatable. And you forget the Bears' defense is – remember how I talked about earlier how the, the, the Rams' defense is, like, best in the NFC? Second best is the Bears, right? This is a team that can actually shut teams down defensively, keep games close. And all they need to do is keep enough of these close – to allow the offense to at least potentially score points or to get big special teams breaks like they did this past weekend. So I think that it's not too surprising to potentially see a Bears team sneak in on the back of probably a middling record, but a remaining schedule that's in their favor. So this one was a, I'm, I'm going to try not to show as much bias as humanly possible. But I, I have to agree with Caleb in the sense that I don't think they're going to make it. And, and my reasoning behind that situation is because of having to play the Packers twice. Um, I think the Packers are a very solid team. And I think putting them with two more losses, if it's the same team that showed up against the Vikings, and I am the first one to admit the Vikings have not been good this year. If it's the same team that shows up to the Vikings – they have no chance of making the playoffs as well as they don't even deserve to be close. Plus we don't have no idea when it comes to injury. Um, Nick Foles was carted off the field. Yeah, he's fine. Um, I heard he's, he's fine. Been reported. He's fine. Right. I've heard he's fine, but if you get carted off the field and I understand that you may be fine, you're not truly fine. 
uh, you're going to have some soreness. You're going to have some, you know, lingering things, in, even though if he's not considered injured anymore. As well as I think they they run the risk of ha- not having a huge side of their line, and that's and, – and Hicks. You know, Hicks was shutting down Dalvin Cook this weekend. Um, and then as soon as he was gone, Cook was on a roll. If you can't stop the run against teams, you're not going to win. And I just – I don't think they have enough games that they can win to make the playoffs. I want, I want to say, hey, by the way, if they do end up making the playoffs, I, I want us to go through – I'm going to record a snippet of this, of this segment. We are going to play it on the podcast, and I'm going to say I told you so. Just, just want to say that right now. Okay. So it's, so it's on the record. So, so does that go for the reverse if they don't make it? Can no, I actually have – I, I don't think they make the playoffs. But I just want, <laughs> all the way up until that point. All the way up until that point, it's going to go on the record, and we're going to, we're going to stand by that. Um, no, actually, as I was talking, I was believing myself more and more. I'm like, you know what? They actually do have a chance here. Like, look at the schedule. Oh, just, they, host, they host both the Texans and the Lions, and, you know, they can definitely beat the Jags. And we don't – it's just a Packers team that almost lost to the Jags. All right. So, I know, but the Packers are always due for one of those games a year. It's every single year they're due for one game well, that they what should was, not what was be the excuse? What was the excuse last year when they had like six of them that they managed to win? I don't know. I'm not a Packers fan. <laughs> I wish they'd lose talking, all of their games except they for still the Bears. totally dropped the ball against the Chargers, and we did the same thing when we played the Bucks this year. It was like, we showed up for a quarter, and yeah. <laughs> all right. So we're going to round off this, uh, this beautiful segment that I'm kind of enjoying you guys attempting to lie to me, which is quite funny. Um, and I wanted to see how we feel about the Eagles sitting at the NFC East leader at a horrific 3-5-1. and one. Convince me that they're the best team in the NFC East. Who? Oh, I want you to do it. Oh, okay. Oh, well, they're not. Um, yeah. I mean, if they were all healthy, right, and Carson Wentz could decide um, what his throwing mechanics were going to be. Uh, he has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL this season in a lot of different metrics. But the big thing is essentially ball security. Uh, incredibly high interception rate and fumble rate relative to just about all of his peers. And this is an offense that can't stay healthy and a defense that can't stay healthy. Uh, the Eagles have had to claw back into games multiple times this season, oftentimes against teams that they've been, you know, that they should on paper incredibly outmatch. Uh, the Giants are hitting their stride in the right time. I think I was, I was wrong about Joe Judge. I think he's a fantastic coach. He's done an excellent job. Um, and then the Cowboys and Washington are just falling flat and have no hopes at all. So I think this is between the Giants and Eagles, and arguably the Giants were the better team in the first matchup, and the Eagles managed to win somehow. So give me give me the Giants to make the postseason, hands down. Hey Caleb, convince me otherwise, and convince me otherwise too, because I want to have some some hope. <laughs> uh, one, Doug Peterson is the best coach in the division. That's not a high and bar. Two, fly Eagles, fly. On the road to victory. You're, you're convincing fight, Travis. Eagles, not fight. Me. Score a touchdown. One, two, three. Hit them low. Hit them high. 
and watch our Eagles oh, fly. Man. Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Yeah! If that doesn't get you pumped about the Eagles' chances, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot. They have Fletcher Cox. That guy's really good. And <laughs> they're already in first, so they only have to like beat Dallas and Washington. So I think they, they, that could totally happen. Like, five wins is enough to win this division, right? No. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> right. I don't – okay, so, again, Caleb's not very good at convincing me. Um, I'm looking at – you know, I'm, I was really kind of just looking more at the schedule. And, honestly, I see that the Giants have more games that they can win than the Eagles do. And don't get me wrong um, – secretly deep down inside there's a special place in my heart for the eagles um but i just don't see it this year i don't see them making the playoffs um i think i think they're the giants have a better chance of taking a few more games and winning the division with a horrible record that's so strange i mean it absolutely is because they went so long without a single win and we literally had a conversation about it in our podcast of which team's going to get the first win. And now we're talking about this team winning the division. Yeah. So I, I have to agree with Sean. And I'm actually shocked. Way to not show your bias. I'm very proud it, of you. Took it three to two here, right? No, and no. Arguably, no. I, I should have almost felt like I should have taken it four to one because I thought my Bears argument was pretty compelling. Um, but I just wanted it to say it was compelling, uh, but not for me. I just want to say that I'm happy you didn't decide that it was a draw because we were talking about the Eagles, so it would be a tie. <laughs> so you have it like two, two, and one. Um, that would too late fantastic. now. It's too, it's too late now for that. Um, I heard a joke, right? I heard a joke a little bit earlier uh, that I thought I wanted to share with Travis. That was um, it. The, he, was it the so Philadelphia people, Eagles offense? No, no. So people, people in um, in Minnesota, right? Uh, they uh, they they when they see the clock and they look and it says. Um, six twenty-two. They don't say six twenty-two. They say it's thirty-eight to seven. Well, uh, no longer like Sean. See <laughs> that you already gave me the W, so that's the reason I felt like I go ahead and make the joke. No retribution. Well, let's move over to our game. Of the <laughs> Next week. segment. This week's game of the week is between the Kansas City Chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders. Got to be careful talking about the Raiders. Uh, I want to know your guys' X factors, and then we'll make picks. Sean already kind of said a little bit of bias, but I don't know how true he was being because that was in or out. I believe it might have been the power rankings. It's tough. For oh me. no, no, I'm 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 all in on the Raiders. I I mean I have been for a while now. This is like the second time I think, maybe in the third time we've had them on our game of the week. I feel like they've they've showed up quite a bit. Uh, I mean, for me, the X factor is I, I think the last time I actually said Nelson Aguilar. Um, because the they were having some running back injuries and he really needed to step up alongside that entire wide receiving core. But um, I'm going to take the easy one here. I'm going to say that Carr, uh, David Carr, is going to be my uh, my X factor. I mean, obviously, in order for them to win, the Chiefs are going to put points on the board. 100%. That's who they are, how they are. Andy Reid's offense is mind-bogglingly good at scoring points in situations where you would not expect them to. So I think for me that Carr is going to need to try and match up, maybe not one for one, but he's going to need to take advantage of the situations that he's in. He's going to need to not squander any good field position 
that the Raiders managed to get off of potentially a key turnover or maybe a stop deep in Chiefs territory and, you know, get points on the board when it matters. Um, so that's my, that's my X factor, I think, for this game overall. Travis, who is your X factor? Um, I don't want to be the guy that takes the other easy one. Um, but I think when it all boils down to it, when you're talking about a team that scores points, the player that scores points is Patrick Mahomes. You know, Mahomes is my homie over here, and, and I think he's going to be my X factor for the Kansas City Chiefs to pull away and get this victory. Uh, when you compare the two quarterbacks, you're looking at uh, sizably different uh, statistics when it comes to you know total touchdowns versus interceptions. Um, 25 for Patrick Mahomes for only 16 touchdowns for a Derek Carr. Um, and, and the only way that it kind of levels out is in that running back position. Um, but I just, I feel like Kansas city is going to do exactly what they do and they score their points. And I think Kansas city takes this one. Um, and I think Patrick Mahomes is the guy that leads them through it. Can, can I, I didn't know if you wanted us to have X factors for both teams or if you just wanted us to have X factor period. Cause um, I mean, the other thing I want to mention, right, is that the Chiefs' struggles have been on and lack of offensive balance. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell have been poop, to lack of a of a cleaner word. Um, they've been really bad. They were really bad against the Panthers. Um, I mean, they amounted for a combined 22 yards on nine carries. I hear that's not very good. Um, that's almost like Jets-esque. Uh, so, I mean, the Raiders are going to be able to be a little bit more offensively uh, inclined than I think the Panthers were. And that game was still incredibly close between them. So they, they're going to need to step it up in order for the Chiefs to be able to get that offensive balance to keep things going. Anyway, I had that um, written down, so I wanted oh, to talk good. about it. <laughs> uh, Travis, who are you picking before I give my oh, information I'm, and do my pick? I'm taking Kansas City. Okay. So we have had the Raiders on game of the week twice. They were at home in both of those games. They have lost both of those games. <laughs> I don't know what it is about them in game of the week, but when they hosted the Bills and then hosted the Bucks, things did not turn out quite so well. We have our own version of the college game day curse. Uh, the Brody Sports Talk curse. <laughs> only for the Raiders, though. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Chiefs. My X factors are the tight ends. I think Waller and Kelsey are the two players that you want to see step up and make something happen. I think that if you are the Raiders, what you want to do is control the ball. When they had this game last time, Josh Jacobs had 22 carries. That's exactly the recipe you want. You don't want Carr throwing it, you know, more than 20, 25 times total in the game if you can help it. And you want those to be, third and four completions to a tight end dragging across the field on a, an easy out, keep possession of the ball, keep Mahomes on the sideline. That's, that's the Raiders recipe for success here uh, for Gruden. However, Andy Reed has a very famous record of how good he is after a bye week. And this is a bye week this past week for the chiefs. He is 18 and three all time during the regular season after a bye. I think that he Kelsey, Mahomes, and the Chiefs are going to end up getting the job done. Also, apparently, they were upset after the Raiders took a victory lap around Arrowhead Stadium. And so this is going to be a little revenge and beating them in their first game at the new Allegiant Stadium for the Chiefs, uh, being 1-0 in that stadium after they leave. 
and it's time to move on to picks. Oh, you guys! Didn't, I didn't even say who. You didn't ask who I thought was going to win. You already said the Raiders. You, yeah, you told the Raiders. Raiders. You said they were going to do the devil. So we're just yeah. circling Raiders. Well, fine, for you. fine. Yeah, that's right. I think they're going to do. We're the just devil. making an assumption that you want the Raiders. By the way, one of the uh, one of the after buy losses was a twelve to nine loss to the New York Giants in overtime in twenty seventeen, uh, where they lost to a one and eight Giants team. And do you know? Uh, do you know who? Uh, who Andy Reid gave up play calling duties to that season? Matt Nagy. The guy, yeah, the guy who gave up play calling duties for the Bears. <laughs> so, oh, so take your circle. take your take your eighteen and three. Keep it where it is. It's going to be nineteen and three. Uh, but we're going mm-hmm. to picks. Sean is going to have first pick. I have second pick, and then Travis is third. If you are unfamiliar with football spreads, let's just go to the one. For the Thursday night game of the week, if you are taking the Cardinals plus three, you think the Cardinals could lose by one or two, or they will win outright. If you take the Seahawks minus three, you think the Seahawks are going to win by at least four or more. Uh, If it ends up being exactly three, that would be a push. No one wins in that situation. It just kind of stinks for everyone involved. Yep, Yep, it does. And... Uh, so that is a quick preview for the Thursday night game as far as the spread is concerned. Sean, you are on the clock. Where are you going with your first selection? Dolphins minus three against the Broncos. I have no idea why that line's so small. That is very uh, Drew, Drew Lock threw four picks this past weekend, and the Dolphins have one of the best defenses right now in the NFL, uh, riding a lot of momentum. I just I don't I don't understand why that line's so small. I don't disagree. Uh, I'm going to go and take the Cardinals plus three. I think that the Cardinals are going to do the double over Seattle. I know that I had to talk about why they would make the playoffs, and I still think they could, but I think Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, they get another big win and make that Seahawks record one and four in their last five games. Well, I'm going to uh, make up for you guys picking for me last week. I'm taking a huge spread in the Vikings minus nine against the Cowboys. I don't like the Cowboys. I don't like their chances. And I'm really hoping that the Vikings just obliterate them. Sean, we are back to you for your second pick. We've got a lot of AFC available. Um... I am going to take I mean, this is this is just because I can. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts minus two and a half against the Packers. I'm sold on this Colts team. I'm sold on their coach. I'm sold on their roster. I'm sold on everything about them. And I have been, I think, for most of the season. So I'm going to go ahead and take what has usually been one of my best picks and that is picking the spread against the jets. I'm going to take (laughs) the chargers minus nine and a half. Don't ask me why something tells me that the jets are going to do something inept enough to not cover this spread. Even though the chargers tend to choke away games. I I think uh, Justin a bear is going to get the job done and the chargers are going to get enough 
plus their defense is really good. Uh, and I think that I've heard that we might see the elite Joe Flacco on the field this week. So anytime that is the case, go with the other team. So I'm going with the Chargers. <laughs> Travis. He looked, he looked decent. Mm. Oh boy, not leaving me anything super great. But the one that's still, I guess I'm just going to take big spreads today. I'm actually going to take the Steelers minus 10 against the Jaguars. I don't know about that one. I was, I was actually tempted to take the, uh, to take the Jags at plus 10. I, I really don't like double digit spreads, especially with a Steelers team who's kind of looked like you don't really put teams away. I get that. They I do just don't like home. the Jaguars. I guess that's Whatever fair. Whatever I pick spreads for them to cover at home for the other team to cover, I lose. But I think with them on the road, I don't know how much I like it. Sean, we're back to you. I believe we have some <laughs> NFC East or NFC South available for you. Yeah, the NFC East can just stay um, for you. Uh, <laughs> it's only like... <clears throat> um, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to take the... God, they're all, they're all favorites unless I want the Falcons. Do it. You know what, boys and girls? I want the Falcons. Give me the Falcons plus four and a half. Uh, I think they can keep it within a field goal. That seems... That seems pretty reasonable. Falcons are, are have been decent offensively, and the Saints are without Drew Brees. So that's I, big uh, time. Yeah, we'll we'll see. James Crab Legs. Yeah, we'll see if uh, if Publix Man can get the job done. I've got the NFC East. Give me yeah, the underdog do. that I believe in more. I'm going to take the Eagles to be within three and a half of the Browns. I was going to say there's only one underdog you could take. In the I, NFC. Well, yes, I know, but I'm just. <laughs> Uh, I, I think that the Eagles have a chance because so you're they have a great a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Their defensive line is good. The Browns build everything off their running game. If they can make Hunt struggle, it's going to be well. Chubb's back as well, but if they make those two struggle, it's going to be a long day for the Browns. Plus, you never know when Baker Mayfield's going to go out there and do something stupid it's because he's done it. Have you seen Carson regularly this year? I'm talking about reasons why I like the pick. Though, so, <laughs> give me the Eagles plus three and a half. And Travis, board. wild card. Yeah, I am actually going to double down on my pick of the week. I think I'm going to take the Chiefs minus seven. You know, actually, I was going to take the Raiders plus seven. You, I'm glad you, I took that away from you. You've ruined it. You've ruined it. Um, I am going to. I'm gonna. Oh, this is tough because part of me really, really wants to continue to uh, to pick the AFC South. There's a lot of really, I think, good potential spreads here. I'm gonna take the Texans plus two. Um, I'm still not, even though the Patriots have been, you know, just showing that they can run the ball very well. I still just the way you beat the Texans is by throwing the ball over their heads. Um, and I just don't know if Cam Newton is capable of throwing the ball. I think Drew Brees actually has a bigger arm right now than Cam Newton. Um, and he has a, a punctured lung. So I'm going to take, take the Texans here and feel okay about it. I'm going to feel okay about it. Feeling, feeling better than Drew Brees is right now, I'm pretty sure. 
Uh, I'm going to stay in the AFC, go to the AFC North, and I'm going to pick against the other <laughs> NFC East game that I didn't take. I'm going to take the Bengals plus one. I think that Joe Burrow is going to look better than he did against the Steelers because the Steelers' defense is that good, and there's something about them at home against like the Bengals and Browns that they just blow people out. We're going to see a better Bengals team this week, and the football team is just very enigmatic at times. They've started slow. I think the Bengals are going to get up, and they're going to stay up. Finish her off for us, Travis. Oh, boy. Finish him. I don't like any of these anymore. So I believe you have Titans-Ravens. I do. Rams-Bucks. Lions-Panthers. And that's it. Oh, I don't like any of these, but I, I'm going to take... Take the Lions. Not worse. Uh, no. I'm going to take... I'm going to take... You know what? I'm going to do it. And that way, if I can win, it's your fault. No, I mean, actually, I think if you look at it, arguably, that's probably the best pick left. Yeah, I didn't like the Ravens minus six. So, yeah, give me the uh, Lions. That's just weird because Travis yeah, I just picked convinced against him Teddy to... Two Gloves. <laughs> I, just, I just convinced him to pick against or pick the Lions. I just I want to want to say that I not and only I hope, not only did I win I hope our they in, win by not like only, not only did I win our in and out segment I have successfully convinced Travis to pick an underdog that is the Lions just I, I am I, I, I am a like, master like of convincing I just don't feel like they're very good I am I, lo- I love Teddy Two Gloves but man they just haven't looked good I am the best imposter there's a posture among us Thank you all for joining us for another episode of Brody Sports Talk. Tune in next week. Next week. Yeah, next week. (laughs) You can find us on Twitter at Brody Talk. That's where we love to interact with you guys. Uh, Man, so much NFL talk this week. I feel like we killed it from start to finish. If you agree, give us that feedback. If you disagree and you think we smell like cheese, send us that feedback. We're fine with any of the feedback. Wow, if you think we smell like cheese, I mean, we have a lot of Packers fans. I think we're that are uh, that are following us on Twitter anyway. So Travis is a huge Packers fan. So oh, yeah, he is big, big Packers fan. Now, I also want to mention specifically that if you guys can go on whatever particular like site that you use to listen to podcasts, um, yeah, Spotify doesn't really allow for it, but a lot of other ones do, and try to subscribe, follow, or uh, specifically rate us, especially if you use Apple Podcasts, giving us I think five stars. Um, it helps us move up in the algorithm. We wholeheartedly appreciate any and all support. Uh, so definitely try and follow, subscribe, and rate us uh, everywhere you can. We definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. Saves us advertising dollars. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, thanks for joining us on another episode of Brody Sports Talk. And you guys have a good one. Later. <laughs>